Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 10th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we'll have another one of these episodes, it feels like we have one of these episodes, every so often diagnosing another heart-crushing Orlando Magic defeat. The Orlando Magic falling to the Philadelphia 76ers 112-111 to at the Amway Center on a last-second floater by T.J. McConnell. A disappointing, disheartening, frustrating, and totally unavoidable, or totally avoidable loss, not unavoidable, totally avoidable loss for the Orlando Magic a team that very quickly, uh, if not already, but certainly uh, now seems to be making any any talk of the playoffs seems to be very, very silly at this point. So I'll do a complete recap of that game and discuss where the Magic are at at this point of the season now that they've, they've taken this loss. And maybe it's overreacting, but um, it was something that was talked a lot about on Twitter as well. So I'll, I'll address my feelings on tanking uh, and what comes next for the Orlando Magic. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and open up the mailbag a little bit. i got a mailbag coming up for you next week. Uh, so I'll answer a few questions that I've gotten on Twitter already uh, and uh, let you know what I think uh, about some, some issues to close out the show and close out the week for the Orlando Magic. But let's start with Thursday's game, a just frustrating Turn of events over at the Amway Center as the Magic fall 112 to 111. The the end of the game was just chaotic. That's the only way I can I can describe it. Um, the Magic were up one thanks to a nice play that got Nikola Vucevic a post up on Nick Stauskas. He did a nice little back down move. Stauskas tried to flop, just turned and shot it over him. Shot it over Sarge as Dario Sarge as well to give the Magic a one point lead. And it seemed like. Despite all the problems the Magic had, and they they had plenty, they they lost a twenty-one to six lead early on. They looked kind of lackadaisical for much of the second and third quarter, but they pulled ahead by seven. They had a three-point lead with about a minute to go. They did a lot of really nice things in this game, and frankly, uh, deserved deserved to win the game. In, in a lot of ways, they're not deserved to win the game, but put themselves in position to win the game. But in that final possession, the house of cards seemed to collapse. The Orlando Magic. Uh, got the stop initially. I mean, this is this is the craziest part about that last possession. The Magic got the stop initially. Nikola Vucevic did, struggled kind of corralling and keeping Dario Saric uh, in containment. Did a good job tracking him through the paint, uh, stopping him uh, from from getting from getting free, getting an open look, uh, and then uh, forced him into a bad pass. Essentially, a pass to no one that Vucevic deflected instinctually, and, and that's fine that he deflected. It was a good stop. It was the, they made the right play. Uh, and that knocked the ball out of bounds, gave Philadelphia a second chance. With Philadelphia's second chance, they ran a nice play that got Ersan Oyasova a three-pointer, but Nikola Vucevic once again was right there 
blocked the shot that without even jumping. Just a solid contest, blocked the shots, and the three-pointer was no good. In the ensuing scramble to get the ball, Oyasova got to it. Him and Ev- it bounced off the side of the backboard. Him and Evan Fournier deflected it off behind the backboard uh, and out of bounds. The referees couldn't figure out who it was off of. Neither could the, the officials in Secaucus, New Jersey, and so it was a jump ball. And from the jump ball, uh, Eliasova beat Fournier on the jump ball, got it to McConnell. McConnell was isolated on C.J. Watson. Watson gave him the middle, thinking help would be there, but Watson did a good job defending him, did a good job contesting, uh, but McConnell, with a simple jump stop and a floater, won the game for the for the Philadelphia 76ers, 112-111. to About five seconds to go. Magic didn't have any timeouts, so they tried inbounding it to Evan Fournier. Fournier... Got trapped immediately. No outlets. He tried to get it to Alfred Payton, and uh, the ball was stolen for his sixth turnover of the game. And that's all she wrote. I mean, that that that's 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 how you lose basketball games, and that's that's how the Magic lost this game. They didn't make the plays they needed to. They they made some nice plays. Again, they put themselves in position to win. They made some nice plays, but there were plenty of other plays that the Magic could have made that just did not go their way. For instance, there was a possession there in the third quarter um, when the Sixers essentially had a seven-point possession. So I think it was actually in the late second quarter when the Sixers essentially had a seven-point possession. They hit a three. Uh, uh, or they, I, I actually, I'm trying to remember exactly how, how it happened, but they, they hit a three, got a turnover, got a foul, made a free throw, missed it. Got a got a, a three pointer got a three pointer off the off the miss, um, and so that is essentially a seven point possession. It erased an eight point lead that the Magic had at the time. Magic led by as much as fifteen with a twenty one to six start. Their offense really seemed to ground to a halt um, at times. Uh, they really struggled to move the ball, I and mean, that's expected with this Magic team. And defensively, they were good at times, bad at times. Um, Bad for a lot of times. They fouled a lot. They they turned the ball over a lot. They gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Uh, 13 offensive rebounds turning into 23 second chance points. 21 turnovers turning into 25 points for the Sixers. It seemed like every mistake that Orlando made, Philadelphia took advantage of and made them pay. And that's something that the Magic have to do. And so the, the, the feeling in the locker room after the game was just pure and utter disappointment. Yeah, that's a bad loss. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Uh, we really should have won by 15 tonight, uh, maybe 20. Uh, we just kept uh, them going back in, into the game. So, yeah, bad loss. A bad loss certainly is the way to describe it. And, I mean, d- despite Philadelphia's resurgence, despite everything, Philadelphia has been struggling of late. They didn't have Joel Embiid in this game. Uh, this was a winnable game. And the way the Magic started this game off, going up 21-6, to was certainly, certainly a sign that the Magic could have and should have won this game running away. Uh, Frank Vogel at one time at, at one point said after the game, "We played this game like we were a sixty-win team playing a bad team. We didn't respect our opponents." And, and and as people who've watched Philadelphia over the last few years know, they may not have the talent level, and and I think their talent level is higher this year than it's been in the past. They may not have the top end talent level all the time. But they play hard every single time out. They do not take plays off. Uh, and, and the Magic learning that the hard way uh, with this loss to the Sixers. Uh, the, they've lost to the Sixers 
at least once in every year since the Sixers began their rebuild. This will be the third straight year that Philadelphia has come into the Amway Center and taken at least one game. Uh, and it's it's disappointing, as Evan Fournier said. And Fournier, you know, said it's disappointing generally for a team, but he was also very disappointed in himself. As, as I noted, he had six turnovers in the game. Uh, really hurt the team in in, in that way uh, with with some with some poor passes and some poor plays. Just kind of dribbling too much into traffic, dribbling too deep, uh, not making the pass before he was kind of before he got sucked in by the defense. You can suck the defense in, but you can also get sucked in by the defense by dribbling into deep. Both he and C.J. Watson, and even Alfred Payton to some extent, had that problem throughout the game. Fournier, though, did finish with 24 points, 8-for-21 shooting, 3-for-6 from beyond the arc, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, so a near triple-double for him. Yeah, like he said, the Magic put themselves in position to not only win this game, but win this game big. You take out the turnovers, uh, and the Magic dominated the game. 48.8% shooting, 47.6% from beyond the arc, 10 for 21, 19 for 24 from be- from the foul line. They did a lot of really good things in this game. I mean, this is a game that... The Magic should have and could have won, if not for their own self-inflicted wounds. 21 turnovers, 6 from Evan Fournier, 5 from C.J. Watson. Uh, Watson getting a start, a surprise start uh, for over Alfred Payton uh, did not deliver tonight. Um, he had an okay game, 2 for 6 from the floor, 11 points, 4 assists, but the 5 turnovers stand out a lot. He str- uh, you know, struggled to, to get the ball moving uh, in a way that, that, um, that maybe Alfred Payton wouldn't. Peyton did come in in the in the third and fourth quarter, especially really dominated the game when the Magic were struggling to score. He was the one taking the taking the action, initiating action, getting the basket. Really looked a little bit refreshed, honestly, and looked a little bit more like the Alfred Peyton. That's the good Alfred Peyton that the Magic need. Fifteen points, seven for eleven shooting for him. Nikola Vucevic adds twenty one points, ten for thirteen shooting, eleven rebounds as well. Good overall effort from Nikola Vucevic. Did struggle with some of the small lineups that the Philadelphia 76ers used late in the game. Specifically, both he and Ibaka struggled with the Dario Saric and uh, Ersan Yusova lineup. Really, Sixers spread the floor and they attacked those gaps and especially attacked Vucevic with Saric. Um, I'll get to him in a bit. Serge Ibaka, 16 points, 6 for 14 shooting uh, to round out the scoring for the Magic. As I said, Dario Saric, 24 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 8 rebounds. For the rookie from Croatia, a really solid game. Magic really struggled to contain him no matter who was on him, whether it was Ibaka, whether it was Jeff Green, whether it was Nikola Vucevic. Saric proved a, a big matchup nightmare for them. Aristotle Yusova, 16 points, 4 for 16 shooting. Philadelphia only shoots 42.1% from the floor, uh, 11 for 28 from beyond the arc, but 13 offensive rebounds for 23 second chance points, 23 fast break points, 25 points off 21 turnovers. That is a formula for defeat in the end. It's giving up way too many possessions, giving up way too many easy buckets that will allow a team to gain confidence and get back into the game. And the Magic offense isn't going to win games by themselves. And that's just a reality that's that's been proven throughout the season. And it was just a frustrating game because the Magic did play well enough to win and should have won the game. There's, there's, I, I don't think there's any way around it. The Magic should have won this game. But they didn't. And now they gotta look themselves in the mirror and ask why. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And 
as has been a, a continued theme throughout the season, I, I've written about it, it seems like forever, and, and the issues with the Magic are both complex and hard to quantify and also very, very simple. And I think Frank Vogel, in his post-game press conference, kind of finally said what a lot of us, you know, probably, at least fans or observers can say, because we're outside the team, and, and I think a positive coach like Vogel isn't one to say this so lightly, uh, but he said in his post-game press conference, we're not a good team right now. The mistakes that the Magic made, and they made some silly ones, inbounds turnovers, uh, you know, poor execution, a lot of really silly mistakes, offensive rebounds. They gave up an offensive rebound on a free throw late in the fourth quarter that kept Philadelphia alive. Um, those kinds of mistakes show... That the Magic just aren't a good team right now. Yeah, we're not we're not a very good team right now, you know. And you know, those things you refer to are mistakes, you know, that that have to be cleaned up and have to be removed from from what we're doing if we're going to turn this around. And of course, that if we're going to turn this around is is probably something that Magic fans are spending a lot of time debating right now. Uh, as I know, Frank Vogel, I think, made uh, before the game during shoot-around, made an interesting comparison to his uh, 2015 Indiana Pacers team. That was the team that Paul George missed virtually the entire season with. Through 54 games, the Pacers were 21-33. in 33. The Magic team were 20-34 and 34 through, through, those, uh, through those 54 games. And that team ended up with 38 wins, and missed the playoffs because they lost on the last game of the season. So, what Vogel is essentially, and and the Pistons right now, uh, as the 8th seed, are on pace to win 38 games. So, what Vogel, I mean, bear with me here on this, but what Frank Vogel was asking his team to do is not impossible. It's not something he himself hasn't led a team to do. It is worth noting, however, that, that Indiana Pacers team in 2015 was 11th in defensive rating to that point. And this Magic team is not that at all. This Magic team, I think, I think right now, Frank Vogel is either trying to keep a positive spin on things while still sending a stern message to his team that they're not good right now. But it doesn't go far enough. This team is not good, Period. They're 28th in an offensive rating, which is expected. This isn't a good offensive team. But they're 21st in defensive rating. There isn't something positive like that to hang on to. There isn't evidence that this team is going to turn that corner. Not only going to turn a corner, but but pick up a ton of wins. They haven't won consecutive games since late December. And that all just leads to the belief that that this Magic team is bad. And a lot of people are probably going to say, yeah, no duh. You know, you're just realizing that now, Phil. And it's not that I don't just realize that now. I've been saying for a long time that there's a good team and a bad team, and the bad team shows up more often than the good team. And the Magic have shown an ability to maybe play a really good game, or a really good quarter, or a really good half, but they can't string that all together into a win streak. And without that, talking about the playoffs is a moot point. 
And, you know, I spent a good chunk of Thursday's game discussing with fans, as, as I do on Twitter. If you, if you follow me uh, at Omagic Daily, shoot me a question, shoot me a comment. I'm going to respond. That's 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 what I do. I'm here to answer your questions. I'm here to be a sounding board for you or, or whatever whatever the case may be. But as I imagine we're winning that game, I, I began seeing more and more of the comments of, no, don't win this game. Don't win this game. Don't win this game. We need the draft position. There are a lot of fans who've already given up on the season. And there's plenty of evidence to say, you know, you're right. It might be time to play Mario Hazonia a little bit more. And Hazonia got his first start of the season, played about 18 minutes, three points, one for four shooting, one for two from beyond the arc. Did some nice things uh, when he had the ball. Did some nice, you know, made it made an open jumper when he got one. Defensively, still a, a major work in progress. Uh, I, I don't know what his future prospects really hold. Um, as long as Aaron Gordon's out, it looks like he's going to slide in uh, to those starters' minutes at, at the three. We'll see how long that lasts, though. But this team right now just doesn't have any answers. And that's the most frustrating part of all. You know, everyone is ready to pack the season in and tank it. Because there are, there are some good players in this draft. I, I've, I've taken a look at some of the players in this draft, and you know I got home from the game on Thursday and saw the end of, of the UCLA-Oregon game, and, and Lonzo Ball is an impressive player. And, you know, if, whether, you, you know, Alfred Payton's got questions about him, but Lonzo Ball is a very impressive player. You know, I've watched some Jason Tatum. He can be an impressive player. Malik Monk can be an impressive player. This is going to turn into my... Referendum on tanking, essentially. This Magic team is bad enough, clearly. Bottom 10 in offense, bottom 10 in defense. That's not a team that's winning very many games. Period. And so, if this team's going to get a high draft pick, they're going to do it on their own. They don't need anyone's help. Now, you know, the Magic, I think, are in a position, are in a very tricky position because they, they promised playoffs. They, they, they literally promised the playoffs. We are making the playoffs, they said in October. We're going back to the playoffs. That's I sat there and heard Frank Vogel t- say that to fans at the open practice. So, as long, I mean, and, and, and just as a competitor, and this is where I really think disagree with a lot of the tanking talk that I saw on Thursday. As a competitor, you ex- as, frankly, as a fan, you expect the players to go out and play as hard as they can and try to win that game in front of you. As a competitor, you want to go out and win the game you're playing that day. Whether you do or not is a number of factors, and one of them being, you know, this team is not that good, so they're going to lose more games than they win. The tanking aspect is going to take care of itself. This is a bad Magic team. Their flaws are evident everywhere. They don't have a great creator. They don't have consistent shooting. They can't spread the floor. Teams pack the paint, make them take bad jumpers, take, make them take rush jumpers. Their defense is, does not communicate well. Is Can be slow. Can be really good. We saw great defensive moments throughout the game on Thursday. Serge Ibaka had... Uh, four block shots. Nikola Vucevic had two. 
Bismack Biombo had two. That's a little bit closer to what the Magic wanted to see defensively. They gave up a decent field goal percentage. They fouled maybe a little too much. They turned the ball over a little too much. But they weren't irredeemable on defense on Thursday. There were good moments in Thursday's game. You're never as good as you look, and you're never as bad as you look. So, the lose, I mean, with this team, the losing is going to take care of itself at some point. My only point is when you have the opportunity to win, winning is always valuable. And the Magic had an opportunity to win on Thursday. A great opportunity to win. It was a game they should have won. Philadelphia played a good game and deserved, and, and they scored more points, they deserved the victory. But if the Magic play to their capabilities, to the capabilities that they showed Thursday night, not just their capabilities, what we think they should have been at the beginning of the season or what we, they, we think they should be every night, just what they showed Thursday. They had the ability to win that game. And on top of all that, if the Magic want to talk to us about making the playoffs, about being a playoff team, if they want to keep pushing that narrative, which they are, until they're out, they're going to. I mean, I think that's the fact of the matter. Whether they should or not is a different question. I agree with a lot of you that Mario Azonia should be playing a little bit more. They should be trying Aaron Gordon at the four. They should be experimenting a little bit with some rotations. They should be... They shouldn't certainly be doing the same things they've been doing all year that have gotten them to this point. They should be trying to find new things that will either get them over the hump or will help them for the long-term future. And if they win games doing that, that's fine too. But they, they should be thinking a little bit more outside the box than they have been. I agree, I agree completely on that front. But the stark reality is this isn't a good team. And they're going to keep losing. And those playoff dreams and that playoff talk, it's just talk. They don't seem able to do what they say, to play with consistent effort, to play together, to communicate, to play the strong defense we know they can play because they played it throughout November and December. This is a bad team. And, you know, maybe maybe someone like me and maybe taking tell, having Frank Vogel essentially admit that or say that, that right now they're a bad team. Maybe doing that will spur some change. Maybe doing that will create the run because, you know, we see what Miami did with the 12-game win streak. Or maybe it's all too late. And maybe we're one week away from the trade deadline or, or one week away from the last games of the trade deadline, two weeks away from the trade deadline. And we all know certain players are probably on, probably playing their last games in a Magic uniform. And when that happens, then it will be finally time to really start thinking about the future. Barring a miracle run, the Magic are going to get a good draft pick. They don't have to do anything special to get that. They haven't shown any signs that they're going to be much better than what they are now. And with that being the case, 
The Magic just have to focus on themselves and what's best for their future. It doesn't mean throwing games. It doesn't mean cheering losses, in my opinion. It means you go out there, you, you play as hard as you can, you try some new things, see what works, see what doesn't, see what feels comfortable, what doesn't feel comfortable. If you lose, it isn't the end of the, perhaps it isn't the end of the world. If you win, that's fine too. And when you have the chance to win, you need to expect your players to win. That's the most important thing. That's, that's a cultural thing that needs to happen. The season has long gone off the rails. And now it just feels like the bottom has completely dropped out. And we'll find out what that means in two weeks at the deadline. And we'll find out what that means at the draft as well. Okay, I'm going to close out today's today's, uh, episode with a quick mini mailbag and answer one or two questions. Uh, I get a lot of the same questions. Why can't, why can't, won't the Magic tank this season? Like I said in, in the previous segment, uh, I, I do think there's a lot of pressure to make the playoffs still. Um, Frank Vogel has kind of pulled off a turnaround like this, and so I think he still believes what they have. And if you've watched the Magic long enough, you see flashes of how good they can be. But obviously, they're not there yet, so we'll hold off on those questions for now. Um, Let's talk about another question that I got uh, from, we're two weeks from the trade deadline, so at Magic Keanu K, Magic Keanu K uh, asks, where do you see Ibaka going and who do you think we will get in return? There's been a lot of rumors about Serge Ibaka of late. Uh, I'll be posting a few of them on Orlando Magic Daily. I may actually do a, a quick rumor roundup. Uh, over the weekend as well, just kind of track all the different things that are being talked about with the Orlando Magic with some links to, to our commentary on it as well on orlandomagicdaily.com, so be sure to check. Be sure to be on the lookout for that at the very least. But there seems to be a, a pretty healthy, robust market for Serge Ibaka. And I, I'll talk a little bit more about this probably next week uh, at the All-Star, you know, as we get to the All-Star break as well, um, just, to, just to get us ready uh, for, for the trade deadline. But there does seem to be, be a pretty robust market for Serge Ibaka. I've long targeted Toronto and Portland as potential landing spots. Um, I I think if Charlotte really wanted to get into the running, I think they're a team that might be interested. Um, they've really struggled in January. They I, I think they might be under some playoff pressure. They should be a playoff team, and they might feel like, hey, we can we think we can convince Ibaka to stay in Charlotte. So I I, I maybe look out at Charlotte. I don't know what kind of assets they have that the Magic would want. I haven't really looked deeper into it, but I think uh, Charlotte is a potential landing spot. Uh, Washington has been one that a lot of people suggested, as as Boston. But I would focus... And then Houston and Miami have also been connected to the team with rumors as well. But I would really focus on Toronto and Portland. And it's looking like Toronto's going to be the place. And so what are the Magic looking for in a Serge Ibaka deal? Um, I don't think... They're not going to get equal value back, so don't expect them to bring in, uh, you know, another kind of high price, you know, power forward, you know, budding star. I mean, that that was the risk they took with Ibaka to begin with. They're not getting that back. What I think they're going to get though is probably a a youngish player, or what the manager should be looking for is a youngish player, possibly on a second contract, but more likely looking to get into a bigger role. Um, for Toronto and Portland, that would be Terrence Ross or Alan Crabb. 
Both are on their second contracts right now, so uh, not bad deals. Crab's probably a little bit worse than Ross, uh, but both players have kind of gone up and down a lot with with their teams. Um, good shoot, both of them good shooters though, which is something the Magic desperately need on the wing. Uh, and, and uh, at least Ross is, is better defensively. It doesn't sound like Toronto is ready to give up Terrence Ross, which is probably why we haven't seen a deal yet, but as Toronto's continued to struggle in this stretch, they're playing a little bit better right now since that Magic game, but as Toronto's continued to struggle in this stretch, they got to be thinking about, okay, we got to now compete with Boston, we now got to compete with Washington, and we've got to take advantage of our championship window and try and do our best to match up with Cleveland. Serge Ibaka might be a player that helps him do that. Gives him some playoff experience, um, something the Magic wanted. But we'll be back into that third role that he seemed to to at least be okay with in Oklahoma City. Um, with the space that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan can give him, uh, I think he can still be pretty effective there too. At least get back to his Oklahoma City levels. Um, having a career offensive year with the Magic anyway, but that a lot of that's a higher usage rate. I, I think Toronto could use him really, really effectively. Um so the fit's obviously there. Uh, it's just about getting the right player. So the Magic will probably be going after Terrence Ross or Norman Powell. Um, I know a lot of fans say go after Powell. He's younger, cheaper contract. Um, you got to make contracts match at some point. Uh, you know, maybe Powell is a better option than Ross. I think Ross is a little bit of a better shooter overall. So you keep pushing. I think for for Ross, I'm probably going to have to take back a big salary in return. A lot of people suggesting Jared Sullinger. Um, maybe you can convince them to give you a Jakob Pertle. I don't know why the Magic need another center, so I think Sullinger makes a little bit more sense. So if you do a deal of Powell, Sullinger, and Toronto's first-round pick this year or whatever their next first-round pick is, it'll be late in the first round anyway. I think that's kind of the framework of a deal. Um, I I do think it's going to eventually be Toronto. Um, I I don't have any reporting to suggest that, but I do think eventually Toronto, they've shown interest in Ibaka before. They need the help at power forward. I think that's ultimately where he ends up. I think there is a deal there. We all can kind of see the framework of a deal. I just laid one out for you. Um, and so I think it, it's going to get done. It's probably not going to get done until the deadline day. Toronto's probably going to hold out as long as they can until they bite the bullet and say, you know what, we got to do it. Um, same thing with the Magic. You know, there, there might be some some sticking points that the Magic can say, you know, we got to bite the bullet, we just got to do this. Um, and, and so I think that's ultimately the direction that the team will go with Serge Ibaka. So... In a Serge Ibaka trade, essentially, I gave you like an example with Toronto, but let me just set the framework for you a little bit. A Serge Ibaka deal to me will net one, a youngish player, possibly on a second contract, who can shoot and play the wing, moving Aaron Gordon back to the four. That's that's a big thing. Preferably, perhaps it's someone who pre- preferably is perhaps someone who can play the four on on offense or on defense. And guard bigger players and have that three-four versatility. That 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 might be the preferable way, but it might also depend on some other things. The Magic do. Second, with that youngish player, I think the Magic should go after either depending on what they what player that is. If they need to match contracts, take on a bad but not onerous contract. Jared Sullinger, I think, is a good example of that. Not going to kill your books, but is a little bit of money that you have to eat for next season at least. And three, get a late first-round pick. Portland's not going to be able to give you a late first-round pick, which is fine. You 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 find something else. You find something else to, to fill that gap that you need. But with Toronto, you can get a late first-round pick. It's not something they probably need very bad right now. Um, so you know, perhaps you can you can get into the first round, get get another get another pick, and, and see if you can sort of 
reset the the rebuild. That's that's how I've kind of described what I think the Magic should do. They need to reset their rebuild, get back to adding some young players, particularly players that complement what they have already. They need shooting. So bring in another shooter. So that way you have Fournier, the shooter that you bring in, Gordon Vucevic or Gordon Biombo, depending on what you do there. Um, you know, you've got the draft coming up. You're probably going to end up drafting a point guard to replace Alfred Payton, who's probably a little bit of a better shooter, a little bit of a better playmaker as well. So now you have some options again, uh, and now you have some versatility as well. So I, I think there are, I think what's important to kind of look at when you when you see what the Magic are going to do at the trade deadline, and specifically with Ibaka, is to keep that bigger picture in mind. That the Magic do have some flexibility, do have some options, and what they do at the trade deadline, specifically with Ibaka, is going to set up what they're going to try to do for the draft for the for the summer and how they're going to reshape this roster. The most important thing the Magic do for the rest of the season and for the summer is figure out what pieces they want to keep and then find players that complement those those pieces and amplify their talents. The biggest problem with this Magic roster that they have today is the pieces don't fit. We all see this. We all knew it back in in October, November, and September, and August. We all knew it then. Um, it's more evident now. Uh, and the biggest flaw in trying to push all in for the playoffs was building a roster that clearly kind of kept guys down and didn't maximize everyone's abilities and talents. Um, certainly in some ways it do- and does. I-, I think getting Aaron Gordon out on the perimeter and discovering that he's such a good perimeter defender has been good, but offensively it's hampered him. Evan Fournier has had to become much more of a playmaker. That's hampered his ability the lack of shooting on the perimeter with Alfred Payton and Evan and uh, Aaron Gordon next to him have restricted his space to attack as well as to take shots as three-point field goal percentages way down. Uh, Nikola Vucevic having to play with Bismack Biombo a lot has taken away his post game. Uh, Serge Ibaka, you know, is I think Serge and Vucevic have been a pretty good pairing actually, but um, you can see that that there's just not a lot of complementary talents, and I think that's the big thing that the Magic have to do. And so getting some assets back that complement some talents you already have on the floor, specifically with shooting on the wing, would be very good to get in this Serge Ibaka deal. I think everyone kind of senses Aaron Gordon's moving back to the floor um, after this trade deadline. Good or bad, that's what they're going. That's I think that is that is the direction they should head. Find a way to keep Gordon on the perimeter defending threes but move him back to the floor offensively to, to try and uh, reignite his offense and reignite his athleticism, especially around the basket on offense. Uh, so thanks, uh, hashtag Gonzo for Lonzo at Magic Keanu K uh, on Twitter for the question. I'll probably answer it again in the mailbag that's going to be coming up hopefully over the weekend before All-Star Weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll get that out for everybody. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic, a disappointing loss for the Magic, 112-111 at the Amway Center. They'll be back in action Saturday for a 9 p.m. start against the Dallas Mavericks up at up in Dallas. They'll hit the two American Airlines arenas uh, with Dallas on Saturday and then Miami on Monday before they head to the All-Star break with Wednesday's game at home against the San Antonio Spurs. We'll have complete recaps of those games. The next time we'll see you is Monday. We'll have a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Dallas Mavericks then. 
for or you know, if you want to follow the show, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at O Magic Daily. As I said, I'm very responsive. The Orlando Magic Daily mail, the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open, so send me your questions. You can do so on Twitter at O Magic Daily or by using the hashtag Locked On Magic or to the to the Locked On Magic Twitter account at Locked On Magic. You can also email the show at omagicdaily at gmail.com if you have any questions for the mailbag, any comments, uh, anything you want us to cover, uh, business and advertising inquiries, you can do that at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me for this week. I want everyone to have a fantastic weekend for Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.